0: Shit, I should have grabbed the soda, it's all good. Hey everybody, Um, yeah, kind of not the best, uh, not the best note to do a stream, but um, we thought it would be fun, not fun, but I don't know, all of us didn't really know what to do and we're all kind of like shit this has been a rough day so we thought we'd come on and hang out with you guys and have a smoke and just kind of say hi and uh, smoke together and talk about Frenchie for a minute and all the awesome shit that he did if anybody has any stories that wants to come on and share them um, you're more than welcome to um, uh, I'll email you the, the link to, ch- <coughs> to join if you want to join us and we have uh Fumidor with us as well. Fumidor actually is the one who sent me the uh, message about Frenchies passing. He uh, he was on it within a couple seconds of it happening, I think just about uh, of it being announced. So um, for those of you that aren't aware, let me pull this up here. We also have Zombie, thanks
1: a lot. Coming Zombie. Yeah, not the kind of thing that I wanna be first on. Yeah. But uh,
0: for those of you that are unaware, um, Frenchie has passed away. Um, he passed away after complications from surgery. And uh, his, uh, <laughs> his wife posted this earlier today. So you can read it on his Instagram. Yeah. He was a uh, uh, well liked in the community. Um, I had a blast at his class. He was on the show multiple times. Um, he was back on episode I think eighty seven. I got to go back and look. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was eighty seven. Um, anyways, uh, uh, we'll we'll go back and, and pull that up. But he um, uh, really always went out of his way to, to try and come on. Um, we did our 100th episode and our 200th episode he came on and had a bunch of fun with us and uh you know i don't know it's always fun hanging out with him and always fun chatting with him and uh, it really is a big loss for the community i think that you know think about how many different people around the world have learned how to make hash from him watching his videos or you know watching the different ones that have been translated into other languages now and uh, you know I, Probably millions of people, if not hundreds of thousands, um, uh, have learned uh, how to make cash from him. So, you know, it sucks to to lose someone like that.
1: Well, I learned. Uh, I didn't know him very well. I uh, mentioned before the show. I only met him, like honestly, twice. But just the amount of that he was on the internet like he's been on basically everybody's channel I think he was he was on the eo show but he was on the grow Roundtable and all these different shows and so i learned a ton about hash from him like i i could go back and talk about like the six part series and there was one that was all in french and then it was subtitled and let's see here there was like a—I hate to say it now but it was a bootleg version of one of his classes and i watched that and i, I mean like there was a lot of information on there you know what i mean like actually the Speaking of people like that, he reminded me a lot of Subcool and just a huge voluminous amount of information that was on there. And so if you paid enough attention, you could actually learn how to make it just like Frenchie. And the the, the thing that shone through basically was, um, how do I put this? Because uh, it was a little bit difficult sometimes to get through the audio, the, the bootleg copies and it's fairly strong accent and so on and so forth. Like his passion shone so through that you knew that it was worth like putting up with, you know, crackling audio or whatever the problem was, you know, like, I think there was one where the, like the, uh, it was one version of the six part hash series or something that had no audio. I watched it anyway, cause it was, it was Frenchy, man.
0: Absolutely. So he was on, uh, I was just trying to pull up the episodes here. Uh, <laughs> all the different ones that we had um episode 79 uh, if you want to go back and watch that uh, with with Frenchy we did a, a whole ep- interview with him it was about two or three hours long uh I think that episode was about two hours long with Frenchy so that was fun and then he's also in episode uh uh 100 um I forget what part of the episode I'm kind of skipping through trying to find it but he is in that episode at some point um yeah there he is uh episode uh yeah so episode 100 and episode 200 uh, he came out and really uh you know helped support uh our show and uh i know big thank you to him for that and um you know just how much he was free with his knowledge i remember a couple years ago he released his whole class on youtube uh for free um uh in video format on 420 which i thought was super awesome and people still pay to come to his classes you know they, they fell over themselves to come to his classes and I never you know it was really funny taking his class finally and there was people that had come there from all over the world and there's a couple of people that had come there and he has a had a open hash bar uh at his classes <laughs> anyone that took one knows what I'm talking about and uh uh, there was a couple of people there that immediately went and took entirely too much hash in the first, like, hour and slept through, like, two-thirds of his class. Like, can you imagine, like, how much you'd hate yourself if you got too high and slept through the class?
1: <laughs> I just always thought that was so funny. Can imagine cool. you know, you're just snoring in the back of the class, snoring in the front of the class, maybe, just all closed eyelids or half-closed, not enough. We
0: have some some really nice uh, rosin that we'll be smoking. I think that's, uh, you know, we'll get some really nice uh, nice smokeage out of that tonight in honor of Frenchie. I don't know how long we're going to stay on. We'll hang out for, for a bit. But, and we'll see what other guests. We invited a bunch of people. We'll kind of see who pops in and who doesn't.
2: I just posted the link on Instagram.
1: I was going to say earlier, like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is not super wise, but uh, it comes up more and more in my life that, uh, I don't know, you have somebody that you want to talk to, you have somebody you you want to get to know or even just ask a question, you know what I mean, you just literally would like to ask someone a question, don't wait. You know what I mean? Because uh, you never know when the last chance you'll have basically to ask that person a question. It's, it's, it's happened so many times in my life and I just somehow never learned that lesson. Like uh, in any different field, like people get older, people get in accident. I mean, any number of different things might happen and you won't be able to talk to that person, you know? So like, if you, how do I put this? And and in my case, you know, you'll end up kicking yourself. I could have talked to so-and-so, or I could have had a conversation about such and such or blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it's just one of those things. Um, I don't know. You 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 need to to how do I put this? Like constructively participate. You know what I mean? Instead of kind of uh, procrastinating on human relationships, something like that. I'm babbling.
0: Absolutely. Um, how so? I don't even I don't even know what else to say today. I just found that out and felt like I got hit in the head with a bat, and it was like oh. fuck. You know, I. he's such a good dude, and not only that, but always, you know, helping out with different people in the community, always doing awesome stuff around the Bay Area to help people out, you know, always find different ways to work with the the local community down there, and everyone's got so many different stories about Frenchie. Uh, uh, that are tell awesome.
1: us about uh, tell us tell us about one of the times that you like uh, I don't know. Maybe he was known for eating fine food too. I think. Did you ever have any good meals with him? Uh,
0: I think we did at the regen conference, but most of the time when I hung out with him, we were smoking.
1: <laughs> or, <you> know, <laughs> what was and... it, What were his favorite hash flavors? I'm trying to think so, of the last When I uh, last he had super silver, silver haze, which was awesome, and uh, a couple other ones that I tried, but that was about it. What, what did you have?
0: i think i was trying to think of the last time that i smoked with him i think it might have been at the indo expo in in colorado when he had that big hookah in fact i uh posted uh i didn't post that such but i posted a different session on my on my instagram on because he used to end his class with that but he brought that out at um i think that was the last time i smoked with him was at indo on that octopus rig that he's got or had Mm -hmm. super fancy one that. I was trying to find a picture of it here but I'll find it in a minute it'll just take me a while but uh but yeah but you know uh, I think a lot of people also were never exposed to all the different types of traditional hash making methods that he helped Uh, you know, show the world and and expose people to especially with um, some of the different uh, ways that people break down the um, uh, the different trichome heads and and how they did it in Afghanistan versus, you know, Himalayas and all different types of stuff. I know I learned so much from listening to him and his different talks uh, at the different uh, uh, events. So yeah, here. This is a uh, picture. No, this is it? Well, this is him setting it up, but that's not him smoking it. Oh well. This is from that sesh. So, but um, yeah. I don't know. I I just it's really a big loss for the community and a big loss for uh, you know hash making worldwide. I guess and just. He was such a great guy and I don't know, definitely going to miss him. I feel like, uh, you know, I was kind of looking forward to seeing him here at the beginning of next year on the conference circuit. No, it's just not going to happen. If anybody has any good stories about Frenchie or anything in chat, man, we're happy to. Tonight's kind of more just like a sulking session more than anything else, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) It just sucks, man. He was, you know, one of the good ones. There's not a lot of people there that don't have any kind of BS around them and don't, you know, always had a, a really good, you know, reputation for helping out, doing all kinds of awesome educational stuff around. And teaching everywhere. He was teaching in Europe and South America and North America. And He was always doing different stuff, especially before COVID. So, what's up, Wes? How's it going, man? Okay.
2: Terrible to hear about Frenchie Fucking
0: yeah?
2: Awful, uh, real, real passionate guy about hash and, and the whole game. Yeah. I really learned my method watching all of his uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I never got to, never had the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, I sure, sure felt like I kind of knew him. Yeah. You
0: certainly don't forget his accent, that's for sure. But one no, of the that's
2: things for sure. That, uh,
0: that I remember him uh, talking about when I went to go teach or learn from him uh, when he was teaching uh, in his class. And I asked him, I said, have you ever taken the bubble hash water uh, from your bubble hash and put it on your plants to like, you know, try to take those leftover terpene stuff and, you know, whatever else is in those broken trichome stalks and feed it back to the plants. And he goes, I am a winemaker. I do not grow the grapes that make the wine. And I
1: just laughed. Laugh. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: But it was what? the funniest answer, you know. That's so, yeah perfect. that's a really different perspective though right like by the way i'm look my eyes look strange because I'm still trying to, oh here i fucking found it actually uh anyway um you're like i found like three little videos i'll show them in a second uh a lot of hash makers until that point i want to say i don't swear to this but i want to say basically they were kind of taking credit for the quality and and Frenchie was coming along like saying essentially know we're basically just revealing the quality that's in the hash already we're revealing the quality that was in the flower i guess it's better to say um someone was saying this actually they were quoting frenchy the other day they were saying uh it was that dude bird extracts i want to say maybe on uh, fcp or something and he was talking about how uh i don't know frenchy taught him that basically he's collecting apples off the ground you know what i mean and somebody else first had to grow those apples well uh, they had to not mess them up, they had to do you know any number of like a complete litany of freaking things they had to not do wrong and they had to do right preferably to get really good hash and then he comes along basically at the very end of it and like picks up some apples and washes them a little bit and creates some hash and that was a very different perspective it was a very kind of um, uh yeah, it's like loyal to the wine or something you know what I mean like uh, I don't know it's somehow refreshing it's very old school yeah. absolutely
0: and and uh uh, I was just pulling up here is, uh, uh, oh, so just on that, I always liked his uh, comparison with the trichomes with the apples as well, because he always explained it uh, kind of in the same thing with ripeness on the trichomes, right? Like it could be a yellow apple, a green apple, an orange, a red apple, you know, whatever whatever color apple, but you're looking for that proper size, that skin tension, that skin thickness, like the you can tell when it's right when it's right right like it's the difference between that and just oh it's so many weeks or oh it's a certain color like it, it's more complicated than that and it was something where you know it had always been spelled out to me every other way before listening to him talk that it was you know um uh you just wait until the the, the package you know, whatever many days the the flowering is, or you're looking for those amber trichome heads or 60% amber trichome heads or 40% amber trichome heads or whatever, right? And then to listen to him explain it that way, especially with that sessile layer at the edge of the trichome, really makes a hell of a lot more sense. And it helps you better understand it. And you kind of look at it with a different angle. And I think that was one of the most uh, important things that I learned from his stuff, uh, hands down.
1: Was that Apple I, can imagine, I mean, uh, it's not hard for me to imagine that someone like Frenchie being on YouTube uh, was probably the first introduction for a lot of people to the idea that the hash is actually in the trichome head. You know what I mean? Like for a lot of people, like I, I didn't used to know. Like, I don't know. When I started smoking weed, I wasn't sure what part of the weed was the good stuff. Like, I don't know. Gradually, gradually, you do start to figure it out. But at first, you're like, I don't know. Is the leaf the good part? Is the shiny the stuff the good part? Are the trichome stalks the good part? I don't know. You know what i mean and then he comes along and basically explains this stuff to people uh i can't swear that he was the first person to tell me that but i mean like i can swear that he was one of the best you know explained the 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 waxy layer and everything else So, chill dude by the way uh Putin was saying earlier that uh folks are welcome to come on and and uh kind of reminisce about Frenchy. like uh, i didn't personally know the guy i wanted to know him better but i'm just kind of bullshit about him i did have three little videos here oh uh okay, there we go so a, nope.
2: nope.
1: okay. a huge pump of
2: hash basically. It lot. It's the like 5 grams of hash <laughs> <laughs> I
1: it's just I uh, they reload it up with like literally like four or five six grams of hash. I guess the audio is
0: not uh you you have to do it in the share There's that a button that says share computer audio. Pardon? You have to click share computer audio when you share. Oh, if some
1: perfect, of it, it'll come in clear. Just for future. Reasons. That's alright. Well then, let me stop hearing, and I can maybe do that.
2: Uh, people are in, in chat are asking for the link.
1: Oh, Robert, uh, here.
0: Uh, uh, I'll throw it oh,
1: They could DM me on Instagram, for example, or whatever Do you want, because i to go I don't see what you're talking about. Yeah, sorry about that. We'll get
0: that sorted. I, I do appreciate everybody taking the time to come on tonight i just I, I told some other friends of mine all of us were just like "Fuck, really like I, that was the first thing i said is like no that can't be what right He exactly, wasn't that
1: old you know but stuff happens i think some kind of a surgery something like that yeah
2: complications in surgery or something
1: yeah that's what they said so um, look through the sharing options and settings where am i missing the freaking setting for audio when you share it says share
0: computer sound bottom left little checkbox
2: But well, before his videos my bubble hash was garbage i used to make it in a bucket with uh, one of those paint drill bits and stuff and like i used to get so much chlorophyll in my in my stuff it was garbage but like still I, I i enjoyed it at that point but then within like watching his videos like i went next level next level next level and just kept going up and like yeah i like now i make stuff that looks like stuff people buy and uh, yeah that's 100 percent him he completely changed my method it was completely his uh, keeping the vortex in the middle like I I loved the getting away from the doing it in the bags and doing it in, a, in, in or in a wash bag, and just doing it free material inside the machine worked. Oh, changed 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 my game, up my game so much. Like, yeah,
1: dude. I have to be honest. I I can't imagine that it wasn't the case for me and probably everybody I know because like uh, just even the idea of the separate bags, double bags. For uh, different microns, even the, like, wire, like, how do I put this? He explained why you're using the different bags. You know, like, if you ask people before that, they'll be like, well, I don't know, maybe like the stuff fits through or something. Oh man, it's a little bit more complex than that. Dude, I right here, I finally figured it out. I just literally had to listen to potent. Oh, dang it. Okay. Never mind. Hold on a second. Let me fix it. We'll get it sorted
2: eventually. Let me check my uh, email quick. Yeah, man, he, he had amazing old stories too about going up and making chars by hand in the hills, and like only making the finest stuff, and only paying the people that worked for him to make the absolute best creme de la creme stuff. And he only wanted the to take the finest out of the out of the hills. What a yeah, what a connoisseur. Cool.
1: <clears throat> knowledge is power yeah i really appreciate it another thing that i meant to do i meant to take his fucking class like how stupid is that like i was like oh it's you know basically in last spring i was thinking about taking this class and then the freaking you know over it hit. You know, like because his class is sold out fairly quickly, and I actually had the option. I remember one time, like, uh, I think I got an email, and his like his uh, email list or whatever He's like, oh, we have three spots left. Blah 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 blah. Could totally sign up, and I didn't. You know, that happens. Uh, what that Dick show my name and password. Oh, um,
0: the I think we have the. Uh, uh, link sent out to at least one person and on Instagram. Should have it now. Hopefully, the link works. Um, yeah, again, sorry for the clunkiness tonight. It's kind of uh, going over stuff. I thought it was a great. Uh, Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, uh, Rob, your I messaged you back, so you should have the link. Now. Um, what else do we have? Um, so I also thought it was interesting too with the ripe. You know, I didn't know about the ripe trichome heads, what sizes to mix for my rosin and all that stuff. You know, I hadn't thought of mixing everything from 45 up to 160. Uh, I had always separated the 73 and the 90 and pressed that separately. So.
1: There we go. Uh, dimensions of ripeness, talked about, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a really interesting concept. Uh, how do I put this? Um, same thing when you shake that apple tree. What's up, Capital 420? When you shake that apple tree, the ripest apples fall off first, and then the next ripest, and the next ripest, and the next ripest. And then you finally have to really shake that tree because the stuff isn't really ripe at all. It's, it's the green uh, uh, apples interesting metaphor like how do i put this uh, i don't know this is not a very revelatory statement but i found it to be fucking true like when i washed my hash like the first wash was the best the second wash was uh it was okay you could get it to do uh, right if you cleaned it out really well if you washed it out really well and the third wash man eh, it was for edibles but that was okay but it was good to know because now i could separate the washes into you know nice le- neat little quick piles do quick washes instead of like during for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Cause I thought, oh, I gotta get all the hash out. And for some reason the hash was always kind of crappy. You know what I mean? It was semi-melty. So people would say like, oh, did you get melty hash? It was like, oh, it's melt ish You know what I mean? Like, well, okay. So <laughs> areas the, melt. It, 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 the Areas, <laughs> it, you know, parts of it are melty. Yeah. Melt adjacent.
0: Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Captain420.
3: Thanks for having me on here on Folk and to join you guys. Yeah, when you posted that today, I looked at that and I went, no, that ain't right. Because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I seem to be losing a lot of friends lately. So we got this little log here rolled up for Hashi and we're just going to put a flame to her and let her burn. We ain't even going to roll a paper around it. But yeah, I met, uh, Frenchie in Amsterdam back in the early two thousands and didn't get to hang out with him much and really talk with him on a personal level. But, uh, you know, the guy was a great guy. He was happy, and like you kind of said, he really didn't have a bad word to say about anybody. And that's kind of rare in this uh, profession anymore, especially with breeders. But when you posted that, he, you know, he had passed away, I... My heart dropped again. Because, yeah, he taught me how to actually turn my hash around, too, (laughs) because it was shit. I'll admit it, you know. Sometimes it would come out good, and then sometimes it wouldn't. And then I met Hashi, and then uh, things turned around for me. I think things turned around for a lot of people after meeting him.
0: I know I definitely learned how to clean, you know, wash the trichome heads off, and that whole method of working the hash and in the bag, and rinsing it out that way. I, you know, that was kind of the piece I was missing from to clean my hash and get those really, you know, really, really
1: clean heads. And again, that he put that shit on YouTube. You know, like you could, uh, you could go to his class and probably explain it a lot better. But that's that's. I think, literally still on his channel. You know what I mean? There's like a whole six part series. Again, it used to be like all in French and whatever. And then he posted it again, basically like in, in, in clear audio and everything. It's literally right there.
0: Yeah, I'll have to pull up the, the, <laughs> the links here. I'll make sure they're in the, <laughs> in the description.
3: It's raining out here again. Damn it!
0: Yeah, if anybody has any other anybody else in the stories and chat that they want to come on and share, they're more than welcome to.
3: What I liked is, uh, you know, if you had if he had the time, he'd see, sit down and he'd teach you. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're all about, really, is sitting down and teaching. I think that's why you guys do these podcasts and everything else. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, You know, it's the sharing of knowledge. It's the sharing of the love of the cannabis plant, the whole plant, and what it can do for everybody. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just kind of broken up over it. Like I said, I've lost quite a few friends in the past couple months. It's getting hard. It's getting hard getting older.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, you can find his full set of classes on his YouTube. He has the DIY Hashmaking videos. Uh, if you do need uh, to get the, you know, want to watch those, um, they're quite extensive. <laughs> he also has some like equipment side-by-side comparison videos, um, how to modify stuff from Amazon, and all kinds of interesting, useful things. If you are, uh, you know, a home creator of concentrated wares, um, but uh, you know, you can you can really see. I'm just going to skip through it because I'm not trying to take stuff but you can see the quality of the stuff he used to make so it was very very good
1: despite the quality despite the obvious quality (coughs) could smoke it and it was obviously wonderful people would argue with him all the time about the techniques that he was using that's something that i noticed that he constantly had to defend his ideas sometimes to, to people who have a valid criticism that's fine but there was that's the discussion that I think he was perfectly happy to have, but people would just kind of assault him with stupid shit. I tell that all the time, actually. YouTube comments, Instagram.
0: It's just people got into like isolates and stupid silly shit and they, this really is the best tasting hash there is, you know, really well-pressed old school hash. It's just the flavor on it and the thickness on it. It's just uncomparable. That's why I always loved going to his classes is that you have that whole little hash bar and you could kind of sit there and taste all the different ways that it's made and how it takes, you know, how that translates into the difference in flavors and the different ages. And, you know, you kind of get a whole different level of experience, uh, just from what they had, what he would bring to those classes. And it was really kind of a unique experience that, you know, who knows if the world were ever, will ever see again, you know,
1: He's one of those dudes actually that had the experience kind of like uh, our friend uh, Clackamas Coot who actually traveled to, uh, in fact Coot was talking about this the other day, he was talking about how like Nepalese strains probably grow a little bit differently than a lot of people think they do because a lot of people haven't even been to Nepal, he's been to Nepal and so Frenchie famously had been to India many times, he went and harvested hashish there, uh, first I think he went and learned about it and then he went and actually like year after year after year harvested, I think he grew it too with the farmers So you had like, just like Mila, just like another person we know, like had this intense hands-on understanding of how and why the hash was the way it is. Like not just something that he might guess, like, oh, I think this might be better and let's now tell everybody. But he actually like understood and had different perspectives from uh, families who've probably been doing it for literally centuries, like hash families that have probably been doing it for actual centuries and have refined their techniques and refined their techniques. And here comes this French guy I'm going to do it better. And they probably argued with him, you know, back and forth. So I don't know. I'm just trying to say, like, he probably had uh, a much deeper perspective on that stuff than people could really realize, you know, like a, a lifetime spent with that hash. It's, I don't know. It's, just, it's interesting to, to think about that. Not, not just like he started it five years ago and he's got really into it. But you know, he's, been, he's been into it for like 45 years. He's traveled the world. He's gone to Afghanistan and Pakistan and India. That's different, man.
0: He had a really cool post that I've been following for a while and I was trying to find it. Give me a second. Where he had hash and he was testing it like every month or something like that. And uh, showing the chirpines. Here it is. I thought this was really cool. If you guys haven't seen this, this is one of the cooler things that's on Frenchie's. Um, Instagram, as well as some of the different education that Frenchie put out. Um, But you can see here the difference from the flower, unpressed loose resin, the initial um, pressing second sample at a different, you know, after two months and after two more months. So you can kind of see how the terpenes and um, you know, well, this one's cannabinoids, but he also has uh, terpenes as well. So you can see the terpenes and how they change and how those monoterpenes become sesquiterpenes and how they increase as they age. And you can see here the peak was after about two months and then some of the stuff started to drop off. So anyways, this kind of gives you an interesting idea on and then other things peaked out later on. So it, it just really kind of helps you better understand why you're aging hash and what's happening chemically in that hash. And there wasn't a lot of people putting out this information publicly uh, uh, and explaining it. And he was one of the ones that was. So definitely uh, something uh, uh, to, uh, I don't know. It's just really cool. Something I thought was really neat that
1: he was doing. So. are you a believer in hashishing? He was talking about how uh, the the act of manipulating the the hash into uh, like a traditional pressed hashish created a new, I think he said a new terpene compound called hashishin, or at least a new compound, and it apparently had uh, medicinal properties. I mean, I I guess I'm not saying this ironically, because I do think that there's something different in hashish as opposed to to rosin, but I wonder what your take on this?
0: I'm not sure on that. I would imagine that there's definitely some, you know, interesting things going on in some of the older aged hashes, for sure, but remember like what he was talking I remember when I was taking his class that they were doing a lot of these strains um or a lot of the harvests and letting them age for you know seven months nine months 12 months before they take the resin heads off so you know those resin heads kind of matured on those trichome stalks and who knows if that played a role in how that works who knows if there's a microbe that was also like involved maybe that's the reason why Lebanese stuff tastes different than you know, Moroccan stuff, who knows, right? Like a lot of this stuff hasn't been figured out, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> he was one of those guys that was asking questions, you know, somebody has to start asking the questions and uh, how do I put this? Um, I don't know. It's, it's an inspiration to have somebody basically ask, why does it taste good? How could it taste better? Uh, how could it feel better? How could it be better? You know. I've, I've been I guess I'm just going to keep talking randomly like I've been really drawn to, to cannabis people that are like that you know for example Subcool and, and Frenchie two guys who have passed on I think way too early uh, they both had a really infectious uh, uh, need for knowing more and an infectious love of cannabis you know. He was just
2: a happy dude he there was a smile came to his face every two seconds if you caught him a, if you caught him between smiles it was it was an anomaly like The guy was just bubbled there, always, and wherever you've seen him, he always seemed to be smiling, he always seemed to be the happiest person in the room. No, he was, it's a great loss.
3: So what are your types of favorite hash? Mine, I prefer black hash and hand rubbed chars.
0: Yeah, I I like gum and charis or scissor hash. Anything that's fresh like that just has a different live flavor to it that, especially if you keep the chlorophyll out of it, tastes amazing.
3: (laughs) And the hash that I'm able to get here in Thailand is from Nepal. And I think the Nepalese hash, at least what we get here in Thailand, is uh, it's too light for me. I like that heavy heavy flavor i like that heavy smoke this is more of a lighter smoke uh almost more of a sativa high
0: a lot of the chara strains though they're real long growing like bob was talking about that on the show last uh on the podcast um about how long you know they'll get three or four rubs off of those plants before they chop them you know some of those sativas they're growing for so long, they need some kind of way to generate revenue to justify growing that over the, the shorter term strains, right? So they have to pull at least a little bit of income to like pay some bills in the meantime. So that's kind of, you know, that part of how that got started. Um, at least that was how it was explained to me. Um, but Bob was talking about that uh, just last Tuesday uh, or Thursday, whatever. I know I support
3: some people in Jamaica, that's for sure. Because by the time I got to Cleveland, it was about 9,000 a kilo. And that was 1998.
1: You've know, uh, been having this same conversation about like um, quality hash, quality... Um, Like, just the other day, I was talking about how Jen Doe and a bunch of the ladies of Hash were on Eagle's show, and they were talking about Hashish and everything. Would they have been able to have that conversation if it wouldn't have been for Frenchie? do you think?
3: Well, what about Mila? Mila was on that show, too. Mila was there, too. Well, Mila's another pioneer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think so, because that show was kind of all about Mila.
1: No oh, right on actually you're right shit.
3: Yeah, that was all about Mila. That was a great show though. right It was
1: <laughs> It had Mila That laughing. would be a good that would be a good sitcom all about Mila. just all about Mila's like a hash career. I'll have to have to get her back on to talk about Friendship.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think they knew each other there, but they knew, they knew each other well. I think towards the, later. Um, but they, they were both in India at the same time. Mila, Mila's book is just like, is just riveting. Like, what a good book! Like, it makes me want to just like throw away the shackles of life and go travel like she did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're an Aussie here, I guess.
2: Oh man, I'm just like what? And then like it's amazing because she, she lived like by uh, she, she just like they like there was times they didn't even know where their food was coming from that night, and they somehow figured it out. Like,
3: yeah. Now, would you start in India or would you start in like Asia? Because I decided to go to Asia.
1: Good question, kid. I don't even know, man. Uh, Asia, uh, India has more curry. You like curry?
2: Mm, yeah. No.
1: <laughs> no, well, then stay away from India. Shit. It's going to be disappointing. <laughs> I say, if you like rice? Well, you're kind of fucked either way. You don't like kind <laughs> of go- screwed if you don't like fish. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's true. Like, South India does have like that's something we don't have a lot of in uh, America. We don't have a lot of like South Indian restaurants and like uh Tamil and shit like and and um, like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for like spicy fish dishes and stuff, spicy fish curries. Like, they have this stuff in India, but we don't really have those kind of restaurants here.
2: The dudes are popping up
3: here in Ontario, like magic carpet stores,
1: yeah, back, back
3: there, man, they're, like everywhere.
0: Here in uh, Ontario. If anybody in chat has any uh, wants to come on and uh, talk about any Frenchie stories, you're welcome to come on. Or you're, uh, I don't know, kind of the just the point of the coming on, having a nice smoke session, talking about Frenchie and hanging out, and just all the different <laughs> stuff learned from him, and the different talks that he's given, and all the different cool stuff that
1: we've had the pleasure of uh, learning from. Him. He, from what I understand, he ta- taught uh, Dang Duchess a lot of what she knows, yep. uh, for his uh, class and so on. Now she's teaching it to other people. Yep, that's another good
0: person you can learn from, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, just, it just sucks. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with his work, um, he, he made a lot of different tempo balls Actually, here, uh, does somebody want to walk people kind of through the temple ball process, maybe? Kind of
1: in honor of him? I think that's yeah. Listen, did, uh, I still technically have a little bit of it Fuck, I'm going to dab it. I, Do you have some to show good. people? Yeah. Be I have a little bit. It's mega old, but uh, I will technically show it. it better. It's well-aged. It's better. Not old, it's well-aged. Right? Let me see if I can find it here.
0: Well-seasoned. But. Um, so basically, you, you, you do a nice bubble wash, you separate your trichome heads, you wash them really nicely, and then you take them, you dry them, or freeze dry them, whatever you want to do. Uh, there you go. And then I'll let fume take over from there.
1: Uh, when I bought these, they were still not using freeze dryers, I don't think. So they were basically washing them through a bunch of different bags uh if you can watch on his it's been a while since i've fucking washed hash so forgive me folks if i'm really really rusty at this but basically he taught me at least uh, how to use and why to use six or seven or even eight different bags uh, i started actually using double bags for some reason i stopped doing that i guess it's so fucking rusty i'm not going to go into why because you know how people change their mind on stuff anyway so i started using double bags because of frenchy uh to essentially uh, uh, have a cleaner i don't even remember okay i'm being so rusty that i'm not gonna freaking babble about this Uh, you wash it through six different bags I really liked his idea of separating the the bags into like removable things like such a stupid little thing that you can actually instead of like ripping the bags out of the bucket and taking forever to do it and the bags all wet and you get the hash everywhere you literally like put it on a couple of removable uh uh uh, five gallon buckets that you basically just cut the bottom off and and take it somewhere else and wash it with water remove the particulate matter and scoop that shit up it was magical uh, after that, uh, he was still doing air drying, I want to say. I want—I could swear that he was too, still doing air drying, and I want to say that we talked about like air drying for five or ten minutes because I was like, oh, I don't have a freeze dryer. Those are so fancy. He was like, oh, you don't need this. The air drying is the best. You
2: need uh, to microplane.
1: <laughs> was he microplaning at the time? See, this is amazing how many of these little steps have changed along the process, but like now they're doing freeze drying. Like Now Frenchie was doing all freeze drying recently. Yeah. Think he was even if,
2: old, if like, you have access to freeze drying, freeze drying is the way to go. But microplane works. works great too. Why well, was it doing freeze-drying? all drying. I ever do is macro microplane?
1: There was a specific reason, dude. I don't even remember if he was, Wes, take it away, man, because I'm butchering it. Was he doing microplaning after that? Uh,
2: I don't, well, I, I, he, I, I, when I saw him, he was freeze drying, so he's already doing that, but he explained how to do the microplane. But yeah, so you, I, I just take the product after it comes out of the thing. I squeeze as much moisture out of it and I put it back into the freezer, but I try to keep it as, as granulated as possible. Then I put it through a, uh, then I put it through just a, a sieve and I put it onto a, uh, just onto a cookie sheet with, with a, uh, what's this the candy you put it under when you're baking parchment paper. Uh, put parchment paper spread it over the parchment paper, and then just put it up somewhere high, high and dry for 24 hours, let it dry off real nice. Then I collect it all. And, and uh, w- once it's collected, I wrap it in the parchment paper, warm it up, uh, warm it up gently and, uh, pr- and press it together. There's a to, uh, few ways to warm it. Uh, I've been using a t-shirt press lately, to be honest with you. But uh, Frenchie's method was much nicer than that. He took water inside of a bottle and then he'd roll it out. He'd roll it out real nice and make it all perfect and then he'd make these perfect balls. And then.
1: Oh, we just lost your sound. Right after perfect balls.
0: makes <laughs> 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 my eyes
3: just thinking about it. That's
1: it.
0: Yeah, he, he did the microplanning when I was there, when he did the demonstration in, in San Francisco. I trying to remember what year it was. I think it was 2018.
1: And then knows- he had a whole conversation with Cuban. I remember like on, uh, fuck, Sam, now, I don't, it's amazing how much of this is like, I don't know, cannabis history. And someone probably did write it down, but I didn't. Because uh, there was a whole discussion, I want to say, maybe on uh, Bubble Man's channel with Frenchie and uh, Cuban. And then Cuban got really heated about it because Cuban was into the sieving. So now I'm remembering it. Like Frenchie was into basically freezing that ball and then microplaning it kind of neatly. Uh, uh, Cuban was into sieving it basically as uh, uh, gently as he could. And he never, I don't think, used a freeze dryer. Maybe now he does. But he used some other process where he was hyper-chilling the heads basically. And I think as he was washing it, the whole process, like washing it, drawing it and then sieving it. He was making sure that he was doing everything different. So like you said, the trichomes always stayed like discreet and granular somehow. And I remember he was like arguing back and forth. And they were, the funny thing is we got to see like two kind of masters of the craft kind of, I don't know, butt heads or something. They were getting a little too heated about it, but they were, I guess, getting heated because they were both so passionate, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? It was just, it was really interesting to see that. Fuck, thanks for reminding me of like the, the, the conversations between microplaning and uh there were people that sliced it with knives like a de- like with um they probably watched too much goodfellas or something like with uh the the dude that cuts the garlic dude i don't know um and then how do i put this uh you could mash it like if it was cold enough you could just kind of mash it through the plane there were people who would do that and i remember like frenchie was arguing with people it's fun to i think all matters you got the water out Dude, now they just yeah everybody just buys a freeze dryer and they just they don't even worry about it like why yeah the freeze dryers are cheap as hell man like you can buy one for like it's not cheap as hell but it's still like two three grand like uh, Wes Engine you you've basically already put it on the list like it have you already gotten one or is it on the list Oh he's fucking muted because he doesn't want his wife to hear. <laughs>
2: yeah no, it's on the list actually it's one thing the wife's, wife's giving me approval. The wife's usually pretty easy to get through for approval. she's not not that bad as long as it's yeah. sensible as actually, long as I'm sensible. yeah no no she, she'll be she'll be along with it. She sees the uses in the freeze dryer. She probably likes to dab more than me, so she probably gets more advantage out of it than me as well she wants to do a bunch of food stuff in it so it works out in the end. I guess but uh, yeah I, just, I I still haven't I still haven't got, made the,
1: made the plunge yet. Was he using parchment paper or cardboard boxes? Because I want to say I was using pizza boxes like the Bubble Man method. I was basically air drying. I was- um,
2: Yes, sir. I was See, the, that, your humidity I... there? You, you're, it's far more humid where you are. So you would almost need the pizza boxes. It's so dry up here where I am that like I, the pizza boxes wouldn't would would, would wouldn't even help but, Like it just, it's so dry here. It just rips it out of the air anyways. So.
1: And that was it. Like for the Northwest, the pizza boxes worked great. I remember people, I, uh, uh, you know, made fun of them and then said it was stupid and and you're just going to get mold and blah, blah, blah. But I never had any problems. Like, honestly, it worked really well because the, the pizza box, it seemed to have a little bit of a desiccating effect, but just a little bit. So the hash would take like three, four days to dry. And it was like perfect because right after that, it was just, just nice. Oh,
2: um, see, mine will dry overnight here. Mine will dry overnight. Yeah, overnight. It'll be bone dry in the morning. Yeah.
1: And then, so now like I completely forgot this. Holy crap, like you could collect that. And then basically, uh, most of the time, I have to be honest, I would just smoke it. I was put it in a yeah. jar, and I would just smoke it. <laughs> you could basically like, um, how do I put this? You could freeze that, you could even skip that. Pro- oh, no, I guess you couldn't really skip that process. With the air drying, you still basically have like a, like a warm hash, like I guess if you kept it cold and said that you could do it some other way. But with, with my method, I always had like a warm hash. So uh, I would basically just, uh, I guess the times that I did press, I didn't press that often, I have to be honest. I'm not, I'm not speaking for super expertise, but I pressed maybe half a dozen times. Uh, I pressed it between like hot plates. I want to say I had like, um, what I have. It's I have. I'm not going to babble about it. Yeah, honestly, I just, I kind of, I focused more on the, the, the hash after I dried it. And, like, you
2: you know what it. I do? I do a lot to pr- well, press a lot with my coffee pot.
1: Just one my my right. coffee
2: pot, yeah. Just take it off and just like put it on the put your your stuff in in the parchment paper, well wrapped up on the counter, and then just one side, the other side, one side, the other
1: side. Dude, I tried the hot water bottle, but for some reason my hot water bottle kept coming open. <laughs> it's the most annoying fucking thing. Like the cap would, and I try another bottle, and that cap would come open. I don't. Yeah,
2: understand. that'll ruin it. I know.
1: Basically, he got a hot water bottle and like an actual, like a bottle filled with hot water. So like in the sense, like literally a bottle filled with hot water and would roll. You want a hot
2: rolling pin is what you're try- the- trying to achieve.
1: I mean, that would be the best. Like honestly, like a piece of glass. I'm just dropping a fucking Frenchie hash. Uh, like a big thick piece of glass, like a glass rod or something. You just heat it up to 110 degrees or something, 125 degrees. I think that's what it was. It was like 125 degrees. I don't even remember what temperature it was. Anyway, warm enough that you're basically like kinda melting it but not super duper melting it. That's basically
2: it. boil the water, pour it in the bottle, and you're good to go.
1: But it also has to be well, no, he was using a towel on his hands, I guess. Yeah, he was he using a towel. I remember on thinking the like dude, OSHA would not approve this in like a hash facility. <laughs> I remember thinking like there's gonna have to be a better way than this in like a professional hash facility.
2: True. True that probably not.
1: that's how you know you're getting older when you think like oh that ladder is unsafe that's gonna fall over that door is a jar speaking of a jar i have a jar of uh french hate- SOP. this is a super silver haze uh from dude this is probably from that 2018 emerald cup that i saw i guess we can see that video in a second here i was probably just like uh 10 minutes before that to the right of the camera talking to his wife and i don't know a few minutes later like He was talking to somebody famous because there was like 10 people around that person that he was talking to. Uh, And then after he was done talking to them, he turned around and talked to me. Nice fucking guy. He talked to everybody. I remember he said, oh, what kind of strains do you like? And blah, blah, blah. What flavors do you like? And such and such and such and blah, 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 blah. He treated to be like a person, you know, Uh, that was something that I noticed. uh, That's something actually somewhat rare. I have to be perfectly fucking frank about this. Uh, Like there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of people who will just very openly think that they're better than you in in cannabis and, and life and everything else. It's actually rare to basically walk up to a famous cannabis person and they just talk to you like a like anybody, you know. I don't know, maybe you guys don't have that experience, but like uh, there's been many times where I've basically seen like oh this this person doesn't really see me as an equal or as like a human being. I'm just a customer or whatever, you know.
2: You experience that a lot, a lot of different places, not just cannabis and cannabis realm, there's people like that everywhere, unfortunately.
1: Real people are, they say. I'm gonna take this dab of um, aged hash, so I can take my foot out of my mouth. Can this appear on camera? I don't know. So the outside is brown, but when I crack into it, manicure my nails before the stream. But anyway, if I crack into it, uh, basically it'll be quite a bit blonder. Let me do it without dropping the jar everywhere. It should anyway, I mean, it is a lot older now, but it should be quite a bit blonder on the inside there. I can see quite a bit. So you can probably see on the dab, but let me just turn it. See how it's quite a bit lighter on the inside there with that. Um, this is of course, quite a bit older. I can even feel that it's a lot older cause it's more uh, crumbly. Like when I squeezed into it, it was a lot more crumbly. It used to whenever I would dab, cause I've only honestly dabbed like about half of it. Uh, it used to be quite um, soft. I want to say until maybe like last year. So for like a good two years, it was really soft when I would uh, like crunch into the very outer crust the outer crust was like French used to say it was this protective layer basically that would keep everything on the inside fresh. When I would crack into that outside crust, the inside would still be kind of gooey and soft and would actually like stick to my dad's tool and everything else. And it was really interesting to see that because it was like palpably still fresh. Um, and I remember him saying that it, in theory, the temple balls could actually last for years. Basically, if you kept them in the right circumstances, you kept them like in a cave I remember him talking about like caves, I, I want to say, in uh, maybe Afghanistan. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, they would store these temple balls in where caves. Was it they would bury it? Wasn't there somewhere where they would bury it?
0: Somewhere in the ground to age it? Right. I forget. Again, my memory is kind of bad. And-
2: Malawi is where they buried, uh, well, they buried the weed there. They buried the cobs
0: there. Thank you. I couldn't remember where it was.
2: Uh, I it's love Malawi. I love Malawi cobs. Some of my favorite ways to smoke weed, honestly. It's one of my favorite way to cure, probably. I, I usually never do enough of it. Does it taste uh, fermented at all when you do it that way? Uh, it does have a little bit of a – a little different of a flavor to it. It does give a um, – it does give a little bit of a uh, – Kind of a little dumpster trip to it let's say but it's like it 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 kicks up the intensity of your weed so much it it i find it but gives it a whole nother gear they actually ferment the weed here in thailand
3: and in lao too in certain areas Brandon, and what, wrap it up in uh, banana leaves
2: thank you that's what i was just gonna ask
3: that's also how the old tie stick was done too, from what I understand. That was fermented.
2: Malawi, they used to wrap them in corn cob and and then and, uh, and, and then just bury them like that. Shit, man, makes me want to try some, do some of that this year. And I agree,
3: Wes, you know, you kind of said like a dumpster terpene. Yeah, it's a little bit, uh, I feel to me, it's more of a darker, a little bit heavier of a smoke, a thicker of a smoke. So it's uh, something that you want to watch. It will uh, expand a little bit in the lungs, which I always enjoyed.
2: It makes a uh, really good like if you like uh I like I like to chew it like one of the one of my favorite things to actually do with the cob is to just throw a little little piece maybe I don't know 0. 0.3 to 0. 0.5 gram in, in my mouth and just chew it like it's chewing tobacco, and it is absolutely great. Um, one time I even made one by accident that I had used a, a, a pepper spray uh think preventing it's preventing uh for preventing in, uh, insects. And it caused like, a, it gave it like this pe- this peppery flavor that was actually phenomenal. And it still got your, it got your wreck too. So it was really, it was really quite an interesting mistake, but, and I haven't tried to do it. I haven't tried to replicate it since, but it, w- it was a nice mistake the one time it did happen.
1: By the way, this uh, dab is, um, was delicious. Uh, but it definitely has aged a little bit. It's a lot darker flavor, not as much of the bright, like, um, kind of pininess. It's more like, I don't know, fourth floor. Mm, I'm getting it at the back of my throat, though. So there's some lemon and stuff, too. Uh, but it's definitely like a, a subdued, older, super silver haze. It was so bright and delicious when I got it at first. It's so nice. Really tasty. I remember, by the way, that he had um, at that Emerald Cup, he only had. Seven or eight different hash flavors and they were from two different farms. And so I, and he actually explained that, like, well, this is the such and such. I can't remember all the different strains, but he he honestly probably had Blue, uh, Blue Dream for as much as people make fun of it. He had and he was like, oh, it makes good hash. Uh, he probably had like an OG, whatever. I think he had from Aficionado and one other farm and uh, it was just, it was what was avail- available to the hash maker. You know, it was the apples available to harvest. And so he basically harvested those apples and those were the, and he had a couple different grades of hash uh, uh, in each one. It was very interesting because it, it showed like this is a seasonal product even from his menu. Like this is an actual seasonal craft artisanal product. Like if you wanted the thing that they had six months ago I'm sorry, it sold out. Like that that, that was the thing that like there was a limited amount. You can't always have it. You know, if you want it, you should buy it now. It was, it was really interesting to see that, honestly.
3: I know if I come across anything that I see and it's like, okay, it piques my interest, I buy it. Because I go to a lot, I, I used to go all through Amsterdam. And there were a couple years that basically I went to like two or three coffee shops. And that was it because they were the only coffee shops that carried weed that got me high. It seemed like most of the other coffee shops were carrying like a commercial brand of something. And it just wasn't working for me. The sage worked for me out of katsu.
1: makes fun of sage why would you want sage and weed
2: that's like a lot of Ontario
3: government bullshit stores here all these products are no good same way with California I go in there and a lot of it is just at least in 2009 and 2010 that's the way I found a lot of the places in the Bay Area their weed just wasn't impressive If you went into a place, you may have one or two strains that were impressive. Or at least what I was looking for. So...
1: I enjoyed a good indica. Yeah, I was thinking (laughs) to myself, like, uh, how many people, like, it wasn't just hash. Like, everywhere he went, I imagine... uh, because, uh, Potin, you were talking about, he was at the, the Regen conference and everything. I imagine everywhere he went, he would explain, like, a love of craft, artisanal weed more than anything, you know? Like, okay, he'll explain it to you in the form of hash, but, like, now suddenly you understand, oh, okay, this is what it is to really appreciate flour or even wine or anything else, you know? Like, I don't know, how many times in your life have you thought, like, oh, I, tons of my friends will say, like, oh, I don't know, I, I would like to like wine, but I don't know what there is to like about wine. And a guy like Frenchie comes along and actually explains it to you.
0: There's your microplaning answer. Mm.
1: I knew I had the picture somewhere. It just took me a minute to find him. I used to microplane and then I started sieving. And I think probably even though Cuban was kind of uh I don't know, he was a little he was Cuban man. He's a little he's a little abrasive, you know? He's he's one of those guys. But uh he kind of convinced me, I think. I might have even already been on the 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 freaking sieving bandwagon before that. You can see, uh, you can see
0: everybody piled around him with the hot water bottle and the gloves on, rolling the uh, rolling the hash.
3: I'd be gathered around him too, saying, "Yo,
1: okay.
3: hey, buddy, how you doing?"
1: And so the idea that you would you would press that um, for sort of an unspecified amount of time—that was, I think, part of the that maybe he thought more about that in the class. In the YouTube videos that I saw, he would just kind of explain that it's just this thing that you you know it when you see the hash is done. Like you just, you feel that the hash is done because people would ask, well, how long do I press for? How long do I, because you're supposed to kind of move the hash, you press it between cellophane. I guess we should have mentioned that part because it's really gooey at that part. You, you put like organic cellophane basically on, on two sides and then you kind of pull it apart and you're trying to kind of amalgamate. And instead of having discrete heads like you used to you now have indiscrete heads. It's all basically one big mass and uh, here you go. Anyways, but like, yeah, you would press that basically for some amount of time. It could be a few minutes, could be twenty minutes, could be a half hour, and then basically that ball would be uh, it would be ready. It'd be hash, and I mean, you could see it. You could see it happen. Like, if if you've ever pressed hash, like you could see it actually transform. When does it transform? I, I'm not exactly sure, but it does transform at some point. Okay, see.
0: Yeah, you can see they did the different number of pressings and all the different uh, rosin head clan sizes and stuff. So you can see the difference. That's one of the things I always like for, for splicing up really good strains. If you're trying to figure out, you know, you got to narrow down to one or two, you know, split it up into the eight or 12 bag set and then rosin press each of those. And then taste each one you can kind of get each of those slices of the flavor profile i always love that concept for trying to really when you're really trying to analyze what's going on
1: and he was uh you know anyways i don't know if anyone else even talking about that kind of stuff and i remember people making fun of him he came on uh, speaking to subcool again i guess i keep uh, saying it but uh uh, so had a great channel on YouTube, and he would bring all kinds of fun people on there. And he brought Frenchie on all the time. And every time Frenchie would talk about that kind of stuff, people would give him shit in the chat. I don't know why, because I mean, you're talking about the experts here, but
0: That's the one of the people that smoke too much
1: hash. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> like the fuck out. That's Dude, and that hash is strong, man. It's it's uh it's a more full spectrum effect somehow, especially more full full spectrum than like rosin or distillates for sure. Um, I don't know, just it pulls out more of the plant somehow. And then he was always saying that there's that hashishin compound that is created uh, through the kind of uh, attentiveness of the hash maker. Pressing and the heat. Yeah, it just sucks. It really
0: was one of the, the coolest people uh, around as far as uh, a lot of things go and there aren't a lot of people like him left in the industry yeah those pics were from the class i took in in san francisco in
1: 2018. So, oh, i can try to share mine again else mm-hmm. to, uh,
0: wants to come on and tell us uh, Fun story about you and more than welcome to you.
1: Is the audio coming through this time? Or did I fuck it up again? A little better. Okay,
0: So, someone, somebody else brought up. Uh, he was making a movie. Uh, Frenchie dreams of hash. Uh, I actually have that pulled up. Uh, after, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that up after, or the, the link to that. So I have to be careful with links directly to Frenchie's website because uh, in the past that has gotten us flagged on YouTube. So that's why you see me always tag people's um, social media accounts now, um, because that does not get me flagged on YouTube. So unfortunately, it makes it hard for us, uh, social, you know, people making content uh, to link back. So that's if you're asking why we don't have a direct link back to his thing, um, that is the only reason why um the uh the aquaponics conference almost cost me my channel so we have to switch to that policy <laughs> so although we won all of our partitions but it was a scary couple of days there for a minute so got to be careful YouTube with is, uh,
1: youtube is fickle and when you say that it's a uh, frenchie's website or something people might, might have the impression that it's frenchie's fault it almost certainly it isn't but he probably has some legal representation that has now like thrown him in, in basically with a bunch of other people in, in, I don't know, some like legal representative. Oh, fuck, I can't think of the word right now. I guess I'm stoned from that fucking dab. Anyway. Uh, how do I put this? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not even that it's that like, it just looks at his page
0: and goes hash there's stuff for sale. That's uh, it. And it, so it flags it. So it's the same thing. Like we had the same issue with breeder Steve and some of the other people that, they're, they're not selling anything on their website, it's just like a social page about how to like contact them if you want to do, you know, it's basically like a digital business card. And it's it flags And we had the same issue with um, mammoth pea microbes, they got flagged, we had uh, uh, a whole bunch of just random shit but now that we hit 10,000 uh, uh, subscribers they actually get back to me like instantly when I have petition stuff it's within like an hour, it's fucking great so pretty it, it made it a little easier to do with that headache but it's still like it's like walking on on eggshells you know you never know what they'll
1: peg you for unfortunately so that's the only reason well, why really, I, I get so all I all, Uh ways. uh Complaints of my own uh, on on YouTube. I was thinking about like how uh, it's very difficult to even use uh, music that someone has allowed you to use because their representation might be through somebody who hasn't given you permission. So even if they, even if the artist says yes, please use my music, you'd have to get permission basically from their lawyer. Yeah. So this is the somebody mentioned the, uh, the docu series. Yes, Funches
0: was working on this. I think you, I think some of it's out already. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. Um, but i think that at least part of it is i know it takes you right to a youtube channel so uh, i don't want to play it and then have a kid auto caught on something but uh, you can definitely check that out and if you haven't checked out his website um, definitely check it out you can find out a lot more about him
1: um find out dispensaries that carry his products I always
0: laughed every time I saw it. <laughs> I'm sure they could use a little a little help right now so to make sure there's all, all sell out about uh, Madame Cannoli. And then, uh, well, obviously that's gonna be, um, so you have uh, all different types of videos and stuff on here, um, you know, whatever with the, YouTube stuff. Um, You can, uh, you know, check out lots more information, lots of how to videos and workshops and stuff on his website. Uh, You know, you can still learn all the wonderful things he's put out there. Uh, Lots of links to different stuff that he's put out, uh, different magazines. Uh, He was also working with the uh, ganjir, 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 the yeah, certification for the, the similar, basically cannabis sommelier thing that, uh, Wendy Kornberg and some of the other people are, are working on in the industry. So, uh, that's going to be a huge loss. He really was one of the, the top experts on that, in that particular part of the field. And that's going to be a, a devastating loss for that program as well. Um, uh, and then you can check out all of his podcasts and stuff like that. Um,
1: I remember him talking about phenotypes too. That was one of the first times I think that I'd heard a hash maker talking about the benefit of certain phenotypes of strains. I don't remember if that was maybe even on Subcooler show, maybe talking about, oh, you know, this one strain, you know, uh, you could have five different uh, female plants, but one produces better hash. Uh, maybe the heads are different. Maybe the heads are bigger or smaller, or maybe the waxy layer is different. It's an interesting thing to hear somebody say.
0: Got a bunch of great links to different great hash books as well uh, on his website. Uh, different resources, articles, and papers on hash making and cannabinoids and different things. Uh, so definitely check that out as well. He's got uh, different, you know, scoring for quality for hash, uh, you know, as far as that goes. I haven't seen that one before. Um, and
1: then, uh, yeah, different interviews, different things. His interview with Milo was great, actually. Yeah. So you can yeah. check that out. Okay.
0: Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he's got that. porn which anyone on Instagram has, has seen all of his amazing, <laughs> all the different awesome posts and different contests and stuff that he does. Uh, which are just ridiculous, uh, if you haven't seen them already, definitely go check it out, it's it's ridiculous. so. Anyways, and then the Trichome Research Institute, uh, which is something that he was working on, posting a ton of stuff, something that I was actively following, uh, which is, uh, you know, definitely going to miss him most as well, so. Sucks. I don't really know what else to say. But, uh, thanks everybody for joining us in chat. Um, again, if anybody has anything they want to come on and share,
1: uh, let's see here. Yeah, we're just kind of remembering the guy. So. Did you have real stories coming
0: up? Did you get anybody?
1: Did you check your Instagram?
3: I'd like like to thank you uh, for letting me come on and kind of pay my little respects to uh, Frenchie. And uh, my cat tells me it's time to go to immigrations. (laughs) So uh, the rain's not let up. So we're going to head off to immigrations here because this is going to be a nice 45 minute hour drive for what eight kilometers damn (laughs) (laughs) so peace out everybody rest in peace peace, frenchie right
1: peace i might head in a little bit as well I think we'll
0: probably wrap things up, but uh, unless anybody else has anything else they want to add, I think we've had a pretty good little session, just a nice kind of way to kind of remember him in a way. I, I just didn't, I'm still kind of blown away that he's gone and
1: just sucks. Yeah, it's, dude, it's a loss for even people from a distance. Like I'm I'm actually sad. I didn't know the guy very well, so I couldn't think of him as a friend or anything like that. He was my personal friend. I don't I don't feel like he was my father or anything like that, but I'm sad because I know that uh, I personally was influenced tremendously, I guess for the last year or so. I haven't made a lot of hash, but I used to be really into hash. And you know, I was watching everything that I could find from Frenchie for you know, a couple, three years on YouTube. And there was a lot of it there. There were a lot of articles. He's popped up on all kinds of stories everywhere. Like the guy's a legend in any possible way. And people will be talking about his name, I think, for a long time to come. So it's just unfortunate to to be around like the day that someone passes away like that. And you know? I,
2: kn- I know he was working on his autobiography too, so I wonder how long how far along he got in that. Hopefully he's hopefully he's pretty close to closing the closing that off. So I'm sure that was quite interesting and quite riveting. Probably now time. Probably now would be the
1: time to release it if ever. Uh, he had such an interesting relationship, speaking with uh, aficionado. I don't know what their their relationship more recently is, but you know, a couple three years ago, uh, he was creating like an actual hash making program, and uh, aficionado uh, Leo Stone, I want to say is the guy's name. Uh, his sister. I can't think of her name, but Cherry Blossom Bell was her name on uh, Instagram, is, I think she's still around. She was becoming an actual Hashishin and she was studying like apprenticing with Frenchie and like they were creating lines together. And then she finally got the right to kind of create, like they were doing a full on apprentice program uh, she finally got the right to create her own lines and stamp her own name on them and get you know d- make her own selection basically go out to the farmer i guess in that case her brother or whatever and but make the selections of which plant which uh, strains to run on and on they were doing single store single plant extractions i think so literally oh, wow. uh, the super silver haze aisle but no like literally that one plant over there you know like that that plant right there uh, and uh, she was making this just incredible fucking hash and posting on instagram like it was wow. really, and I, I got to meet her. Actually, that was when that was happening. Now that I think about it, I got to talk to Carrie Blossom Bella. She was still an apprentice hashishin, you know. and Now she's probably—I cool. haven't talked to her, but is probably a master now, you know. So yeah, that was cool, honestly. That, that was, was so cool. unique and so different, you know. That's cool. Right? Who else yeah.
2: did that? That's, I'm just glad he was a—he was a—he was. A, he was a, I'm glad he was one of the people that was willing to share with the community, not one of the people that just you know keeps things to themselves and you know hoards things away and hordes the knowledge away. I'm glad he is a person that shared and contributed to the community because, man, he changed the way I made hash. So thank you. I appreciate it. Helped my game big time. I appreciate it. Can't ask for much more. I wish I got to take a live course like uh, you, Potent. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I slept on that, and now uh, I've missed my chance. What so. okay. it, dude?
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy how huh? people can be here one day and the next day they're just I know again this was super unexpected. Nobody nobody expected this at all. So, and for those of you who are just catching this late, um uh canoli passed away from complications and I guess uh, after a surgery. So unfortunately on, on Sunday, so Well, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm going to put up a picture here real quick. I'll I'll use this too for anything. We'll kind of close with this. But yeah, um, this is the the picture that they posted from the post today. We'll kind of end with this. But thanks, everybody, for watching. we're not going to plug ourselves. It's not the point of this. This was just to come on and say, thanks, Frenchy,
2: um, you taught us